Fearless was an NBA player, you'd be Matt Bonner. Hello, welcome to Michigan's own X-Wing podcast, The Best Spin Benchwarmers. And I'm your host, Alex Zam is my valentine, Merrill. And with me, as always, is Cody. The reign of death reign has begun, Wood. How's everybody doing today? And also, Matt, bombs. Bombs everywhere, of course. There's so many bombs. <laughs> and uh, today, for our topics, we have the uh, GSP Delta Qualifier Breakdown. So we'll talk about that, see what we see, see what we liked. And uh, noticing any trends in the uh, higher ship count kind of meta that we are in right now. I want to do a big uh, expose on that. So let's get started with our first topic, the GSP Delta Qualifier Breakdown. So thankfully in this in this tournament there was only one drop in their top cut, not seven or whatever the other one was. It was a lot. It was, a, it was an excessive amount of drops. Yeah, so this was also a top sixteen instead of a top thirty-two. So in the top sixteen there was four Empire, four Scum, two First Order, two Resistance, two Separatists, two Rebels. And zero Republic lists. Those poor Jedi. Yeesh. It's quite the cut right there. Glad to see Scum is doing so well. I'm surprised to see 2FO up there. That was a really pleasant surprise. Yeah, then they were two completely different FO lists, too. One of them was Triple Silencers, and the other one was a Malarus Swarm. So. Representing those Triple Silencers, I love Hey, I mean, if you're bringing a first order list, it's going to be one of those two, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. a slight variation off the triple silencers, but. Or BA. Makes sense in my mind. Notable that in the top 16, there was five lists with five or more ships in it, but also five lists with three or less ships in it. It's kind of a, an interesting top 16, how it's split like that. Saying we almost have a balanced meta right now. I mean, the the overall ship count for the entire tournament was four, which is exactly the same as the Alpha Squadron one, which is kind of interesting. But the ship count in the top sixteen was four point two, so you see a slight increase. We draw out the top thirty two though, that kind of goes down. It's been a little bit all over the place. And this was an extended tournament, correct? And the next yeah. one's the uh, hyperspace this weekend? Yep. It's, a, I guess, it's a step down in terms of ship count from the cut in the last tournament, but it's still, you know, the average is still four. It's kind of weird unless you're taking three powerhouse ships to see three ships or less. And also Zam and Jango, you see that a lot still. Has the were there a lot of Zam Jangos in the summer? Or is the uh, are people starting to get lukewarm to it? There's only one that made cut Django Zam. There's also a Django Sunfock, and that guy is still my hero. Yep, the guy, the guy who he would have made cut with Django Zam, but he dropped. He was the one drop. But yeah, then there's the Django Sunfock, who you know that guy is a hero in and of himself. I have to see this guy play because that's majestic. Like, how do you go against like, like a seek swarm or something with that? Right? How do you not just get auto blastered to oblivion? Patience, I'm sure. Only Jedi can uh, equip patience, though. Cody, what uh, what list stuck out to you the most in this cut? So there's actually two of them, and. I mean, I'm going to have to say triple silences. I believe it was third in Swiss overall. And I just like the sense on Kylo. Uh, when I was doing triple silences, I only did hyperspace, so since wasn't a thing. But that, with the PS1, it's just amazing to guarantee the blocks, unless it's a one hard because you don't know 
I don't know what a one heart is. The other one was uh, Julian Hood's list, which is just four by four Empire. That that list is interesting as well because two people flew that exact same list. And I think from what I from what I heard from what I talked to one of our friends. Those two are friends, so they flew the exact same list, and they both made cut, which you don't see that happen very often. I actually like that list a lot, too. They were both top five in Swiss. No, Julian Julian only made cut because the Django Zam player dropped. Oh, look at the list. Oh, I know what it is. It's because they uh, don't do it by Swiss order. They do it by uh, overall tournament order. Yeah. But yes, the list is uh, Fifth Brother with Passive Sensors, Homing Missiles. Seventh Sister with Passive Sensors, Magpulse. Uh, Ved Foslo with Passive Sensors. And my boy, Death Rain, with Passive Sensors, Diamond Boron Missiles, Thermal Detonators, and Delayed Fuses. It's a very versatile list, and I like that they're all at four, but they can threaten so many different kind of things. Passive sensors just allowing anybody who moves after you to you can still get the target lock. Fifth brother just is an ace hunter. Meanwhile, diamond borons for the anti swarm. You got a lot of tools, a lot of kits in there, and all the abilities are really good. Even against lower ship counts, you still can fire the mag pulse warheads first with seven sister and give them like a strainer deplete or something and jam them. It's it's pretty brutal. It's deplete and jam. No no choice there. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Fed Voslo is a lot better if pilot skills lower. I mean, just the ability to change your dial like that. And, you know, Death Rain, pre-movement, double action, thermal detonators, you know, focus target lock, something 4K behind it. Death Rain can do four actions in a turn. Just like focus, boost, target lock, blue maneuver, then... Barrel, I guess. <laughs> yeah, or you know, reload your thermal detonators if you're not being shot at. You get both of them back. You can have another two actions next round. Mm-hmm. So going back to the triple silencer list, Cody, do you think sense is worth it right now with lower pilot skill factions? Lower pilot skill, kind of. You see that a lot more. So the PS one. I would say yes, it still is. You might not use it too much against the swarms, but it, like you still have a variety of three, four, and two ship lists. So guaranteeing that block, guaranteeing that they don't get their actions, they can't arc dodge, they can't uh, do too much is huge. Um, I don't like the loss of advanced optics. On the Sinar, I personally want to went Fanatical and Advanced Optics, uh, Fanatical on Blackout, just so Blackout has the uh, double mod potential. And Advanced Optics on the uh, Sinar just makes him hit well above his uh, weight class. But he had the bid. Can't go wrong with that. And Blacking's just a lost art. I, I'm curious how many times that he was able to get Blackout's ability to trigger so that he could get the trick shot Blackout shenanigans. Probably quite a bit. It's not too hard if you go after it a lot, but I found usually if you're going after it, you start to put yourself in worse positions for the next round or the round after. And fun fact, without trick shot, it's better to not use Blackout's ability through a gas cloud than to use it. Yeah, that, that blank doing evade really helps out a lot. Yep, unless you can take him down to zero uh, green dice. All my ships I fly are already at zero green dice. It's fine. So any list stand out to you in particular, Matt? Uh, I I picked one, but they're actually it's actually two. But I So when I was looking, I was looking for scum lists that weren't a seek swarm or have like more than three seeks in them and that didn't have zam in them because i wanted to see you know scum's a very versatile faction and i saw that two lists with soul sixa and nim made cut one of them had imam 
and the other one had Gurry. So two completely different wingmen, but the common factor being Nim and Solsixa with just a lot of bombs. And, you know, Imam also with proton bombs, Connernets, and Drasta title, just just tons of board control with that list. And then Gurry with outmaneuvering advanced sensors, Nim with dorsal turrets, IGADAD, thermal deaths, loaded up Soul Six, a dor- dorsal turret, skilled bombardier, thermal deaths, ion bombs, havoc, trajectory simulator, just move with Soul Six with a skilled bombardier and just. Oh, it's so nasty. Like, it just looks like so much fun to fly. And, you know, Gurry can essentially be anywhere. You can't really ignore the Skurgs, but you also can't really ignore Gurry. So I, I was really drawn to those two lists. I thought it was, those looked like a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, people just still struggle against bombs. It's just it's just something people struggle with, and especially with, like, Imam nim and soul sixa like nim has seismic charges and trajectory simulator just the threat of like hey i'm just going to keep that there and i can just let it go whenever i want that's a that's a lot of uh mind games that you're playing with your opponent right there a lot of board control mm-hmm. it's like you pretty much create a you can come in this area but bad things are going to happen to you if they do especially with some ion bombs Oh, yeah, because, yeah, it's not just his bombs, it's any bomb. It's like, oh, here's, here's an ion bomb. Or, gosh, Imam just dropping three hard Connernets. Just, uh, it sounds like so much fun. It's a really long reach on those. Mm-hmm. I love Skill Bomb and Deer Soul 6. I've flown that quite a bit. It's You could do so many uh, generative things with that. Just Yep. No one expects, like, the too hard, like, uh, proxy mine or something. It's... That, that range of controls yeah, is real silly. Having skilled bombardier and thermal detonators as well. Like he's just like pop, pop, pop. Here's like here's one here's that's a three hard. I can do one at a one hard. It's yeah, it's, it seems like a lot of fun. I do find it interesting that uh, those two lists split up the havoc tragedy. So Nim has havoc tragedy on one, and then Soul Six that has it on the other list. Yeah, I found that interesting as well. But, yeah, Tragedy Simulator's in there somewhere. Yeah, it's a kind of a tough call. I know, like, I mean, the, they don't have a reload action, so really those are all the bombs you have, which is actually kind of why I like thermal detonators on them, because at least you got four bombs instead of two, which you'd normally get. But it's a, it's a tough call what you which one you want to take point. I mean, Nim with the seismic charges can just drop it between three different asteroids. And just do whatever he wants with them, which I can respect. But also, Soul Six, so you're probably going to drop a lot more bombs. So you might want to load up Soul Six a little bit more. Depends, I guess, your overall strategy, what you're trying to do. Is there anything else you have to uh, add, Matt? I, yeah, I, I just I, like I, I said before, I just found both those lists interesting, especially with, you know, such a, just a high swarm meta, just being able to, I mean, bombs are great against aces too, because aces want to come in, be aggressive, shoot, like get some points in and then fly away. But with that, the bomb just creates such an uh, area bore, of board denial for both swarms and aces. They're just... These these both both these lists just seem like they're really good against the field, and then you know, outmaneuver Gurry. You know, we all know how how dangerous advanced sensors outmaneuver Gurry can be. Oh, it's so dirty. Yep, especially oh man, if you if you can get the dream and drop some, some thermal debts on somebody, and they don't clear it with the blue maneuver, or oh, then Gurry comes in outmaneuver range one focused target lock. Oh. Uh, it, it, yeah, it seems nasty. Or ion bomb. Hey, I know exactly where you're going to be next turn. Gurry just comes in and pounces. Yeah, it seems it seems pretty good. One of the lists I really liked a lot was the quad HMP. I still really like this list. I still think they're really good for what they're doing. That side slip just can mess with so many kind of formations. You know, this one has uh, 
Kraken as well and Grievous, so it stays alive a little bit longer. You can hold on to your calculates. Dark One Pro Droid, so you can target lock people. Come in with their ability, and you already have the calculates. You probably have two calculates. You could do some work. I mean, especially if someone else has the target locks on cluster missiles, so you still get your ability to reroll without spending them. That is a nice little interaction right there I didn't think about. You just split the target locks up, so you get two rerolls per uh, cluster missile. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can see why that would be, like, super useful. I mean, cluster missiles, their kind of downside was it's hard to modify bow shots, but with these guys, it's kind of do whatever. You probably have two calculates and a couple target locks on whoever you're shooting, so you can modify both shots equally well. I, I think what I what I like about this list, and it's it's just it's just such a unique CIS list, in my opinion. I really like the HMPs. I think DGS in there is awesome as well. They're all I one. If DGS can just get somebody, shoot somebody in the in the bullseye, and then give them a strain token, like I, I like that a lot. And then somebody else can do a follow up shot. But the great thing about these is they don't have to fly together. There's no need for them to be together at all. So they can just pretty much just side side slipping all over the board, doing whatever they want. Looks like a lot of fun. And there is no Duku crew that you see a lot of the times with the uh, four hips. They went for the ion missiles and concussion missiles to back up the cluster missiles. You also have General Grievous in there as well, so he he helps kind of reduce damage, which I like. Yep. Yep, that seems like a solid dust. We, we've seen quad HMPs do kind of well here and there, but I, I still think they're really good. I like them a lot. Yeah, I do too. They're they're a lot. I've, I've flown them. I've been flying them more and more. The HMPs and they're they're a fun. They're a fun little ship. I really enjoy. They're a very unique ship to fly. Next one I want to talk about is uh, got me top four with a couple E wings guys. <laughs> been saying they've been good for a while. Wedge, Proton Torpedoes, and two E-Wings with R4, FCS, Proton Torpedoes. Those are the I-4s, too, as well. So you can kind of alpha strike some things off the board. Yeah, this looks like a list that Ed would fly. Yeah, I was going to say, I need Ed to steal this list. Gosh, it's, it's such a scary list. Like, And with R4, those Rogue Squadrons can knife fight pretty well. They aren't really getting stressed because the link action's awful, but having the one hard, two hard, everything available. Now, an R4 E-Wing has probably one of the best dials in the game. Yeah, it's very strong. I mean, also, I like the E-Wings because you're kind of seeing a lot more of, like, uh, false transponder codes out there, especially in, like, Django Zam or something. So E-Wings being able to take the lock early or something can just ruin some people's days. Yeah, take take the lock first turn, get rid of false transponder codes, and then you're probably not engaging the second turn nine times out of ten. So just get it back again. Yeah, no need to take the lock on the rock anymore. You can actually be aggressive with it. Mm-hmm. So mean. <laughs> well, I mean, same thing with the Dark Pro Droids, right? Except for this is a little bit earlier in the engagement. Yeah, Dark Probes take a turn or two more to initiate so the Django Zam can be more aggressive if they so choose, which is probably the wrong call, but people do wrong calls all the time. Yeah, I mean, uh, otherwise, you know, the uh, five Inquisitors with four sights pretty cool. We've seen that pop up every once in a while. Those uh, Overdrive Pro uh, Poe that made the uh, cut. Uh, Overdrive Poe is so fun. But uh, I don't know. He needs at least a couple other ships, which, you know, ZZ, Tally, and Moral are definitely very helpful. But I don't know. I don't think that Poe's uh, kind of pulling his weight. Maybe he is. I didn't see this guy fly, but I'm skeptical that Poe in 3A is amazing. I'm sure the guy playing it is amazing. <laughs> I'm not convinced that a Poe in 3A is amazing. There's also been a lot of uptick on proton rockets I've seen. Well, they did go down last point update, and spike damage is super good. 
yeah, throw throw some thread tracers out there. Get some target locks. You already have a focus. Double modded five dice dice shot seems pretty good. And they are out the range too now in bullseye, so you don't even have to be that close. And if you do uh, have enough of them, it's easier to uh, line up that bullseye. Hard to dodge four bullseyes. It's hard to dodge too if you're an I five RC two A wig as well. Yep. Which is normally what you see a lot of those on. I mean, you, you see them also on, like, uh, like the Baron of the Empires too. But you see them a lot more in like uh, Marcel's other list of you know four A's. Four A's. Also, probably shout out to Tommy Adams, right, Cody? I have to give a shout out to Tommy. That was uh, Wedge, another Rogue Squadron. This one had. Uh, FCS, Proton, and R3. So we had the two target locks and rockets on Jake with a Leah AP5. I mean, AP5 is always very good. Leah is always very good. I mean, just giving focuses, the E-wings are super good because <laughs> they don't tend to have that. So, I mean... Seems like uh, you take some of the best stuff in Rebels and throw it into a list. You can make something good. Yeah, Jake can get a double-modded proton rocket shot from AP5 because RZ1s just generally don't target lock in general, especially if you're Jake. Jake has an easier time lining it up, too, because he can actually barrel roll, get his focus, and then boost, as opposed to having... Or he can... Yeah, he can have his focus while doing double repositions. I mean, AP5 could also coordinate to Jake as well if Jake was stressed from last turn. Still give him something and still pass off another token if need be. Or at worst, Wedge is just always double-modded. At worst. (laughs) That's not something you ever want to see. Is there anything more we want to talk about uh, the tournament? I mean, go over the winning list real quick. I guess that would be smart, eh? Nothing crazy. Torkoal with Zam, Moldy Crow, Sunny Bounder with Auto Blasters, and then just four Cartel Spacers with Auto Blasters. Just, you know, pretty standard Seek Swarm with Torkoal in there. Sunny Bounder's Bay, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit weird that he did five Auto Blasters instead of like a an Ion Cannon there to mix it up or a Tractor Beam or Thread Tracers or something, but I'm not going to argue with the guy who won the tournament. He was right at 200, so he couldn't really fit anything but auto blasters in there. Yeah, if he wanted to do his Torkoal Zam shenanigans, Torkoal somebody down to zero, and then just everyone just lights him up. Anyways, on to our uh, second topic, guys. Oh, yeah. Cool, the meat and potatoes of the show. So, this one I wanted to talk about, I, I think it's a, it's a higher ship count meta than we've seen in quite a bit I would say I mean when second edition first started for first couple of years I would say probably the average ship count unless you're doing like a tie swarm it's probably like a three and a half right Seems I don't know what it would be like 3.6 yeah I mean the the generics haven't been as cheap as they are now so it's, it's harder to put two semi-good ships into a list when he could just take one really good one kind of thing. So, but now that points have gone down and you got a much higher efficiency upgrades for larger swarms like Thread Tracers, um, you see a lot more ships on the table. I mean, that also might be some weird kind of thing with uh, TTS just because... People can now bring more ships if they don't don't actually own any of them. Also, I feel like it's just going to be easier to manage all the dials on TTS rather than in person. Yeah, for sure. So I'm not sure if it's a cause of that is causing the higher ship counts go up, or is it just kind of a natural trend that way? Man, I can't tell you how many times I've flown like droids in real life, and I'm like, oh, these guys just they just end up not in a perfect line like they would on TTS. I'm like, Oh, they're just a little bit off center. Or sometimes if you misjudge it and you don't actually clear the rock or someone knocks the, the droid off the table or something. 
that really doesn't help. I said you don't have as much wiggle room in tabletop simulator that you would in real life, though. Right. That was some good and bad for it. I remember when the whole like COVID thing started first happening and we were doing more TTS tournaments. There, there was a tournament where you had to take a physical picture of your list with all the cards and upgrades that you were going to fly on TTS to prove that you owned the stuff you were actually going to fly. Hey, Alex, can you give me a picture for me? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's kind of silly I mean I see where they're coming from but I mean if they're going to pay for the tournament I guess who cares but anyways yeah anyways um, so we've noticed a lot higher kind of ship count you know it's been fluctuating a little bit but they're all above four so I've kind of noticed I would say six trends of people reacting to other people bringing more ships so uh, I arranged them in what I think is the uh, weakest or most non-impactful reaction to a higher ship count meta to what is the most noticeable and reactionary to a higher ship count meta. So what I would say is the weakest one, the first one, is simply bringing more ships is a good way to react to a higher ship count meta. You know, you got more shots against other people. The more ships the other person brings, the more you bring, the more damaging you can do. Generally, you also have more arcs, so if they have less ship counts, they probably want to try to dodge more of your arcs, but if you have more ships, they can't really do that. Right, it's like trying to fly a Soontir versus like three other kind of ships, right? Eventually, you should be able to pin one of them down. Yeah, can't dodge all the arcs. Yeah. Especially not if you're stressing yourself and limiting that dial. I mean, this could be like a weird, you know, self-fulfilling positive feedback loop, but still, like, you know, the ship points went down generally across the board. I mean, look at all the rebels. All their X-wings went down, basically. All their A-wings basically went down, their B-wings. Everything's relatively cheap. The next kind of tier, I would say, of reacting to this kind of meta is that now you can bring pilots who's, they're at a lower initiative, but their pilot abilities are super good. They're much more effective right now than they would be in like an ace meta or so. I mean, we, we saw it with Ved Foslo. Yep. In the cut, I mean, the changing dials is really good. You know, oh, I did a one bank. Oh, I want to do a two bank instead. Like it's, you can do a 5K, 3K, two Talon. It's just, especially against like, like we were saying, lower ship counts and uh, lower, lower initiative ships. Like he just can be like a repositioning beast with doing almost whatever he wants. And even if he's going against aces, it makes him very unpredictable to pin down. I was going to say, even if he's going against... It's obviously a better ability if they already moved. But opening up a one hard on the tie advanced or blue three banks or the five and three K two talents is still really handy, even if you are moving first. It's just not nearly as strong. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of like the same kind of thing when uh, the Republic's lists were running a lot of the R2 A6 droid, where you can change your pairing up one or two or up one higher or down one higher. It's like the same concept, but much cheaper and on the ship. And also the uh, 2A6, it has to be on your dial and you don't change the difficulty. This one is just do what you want, man. Yep. And I I always love Ed Vossel is one of those pilots for me that I always I enjoy watching it be successful because, I mean, I love the TIE Advanced and I love Darth Vader, but it's nice to see TIE Advanced that aren't the generics or Darth Vader doing well. I just want to see somebody uh, do good with Zotek. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> That's rough. Um, you know, other, pilot, other pilots that that could be good for... Um, 
the generic um, Actus. You know, that's at a four. So for that to be able to kind of react after people, if you're bringing a generic Actus, I guess for some reason, most people don't, but still opens up the option for that. That's pretty solid. I mean, uh, the defenders have an I-4, silencers have an I-4, interceptors have an I-4. All those can reposition real nice or tank something. I still have to say, I feel like the I-1 defender will always be better than the I-4 because defenders are really sad when they get blocked. That's fair. Yep. But, I mean, you look at another I-4 unique with a good ability... Reposition wise, Countess Ryad like turns her four K into a five K or a three K. Uh she turns her five straight into a five K or a three K. That's right. Or... That's right. You do the straight maneuver. Yep. I, I know how to play this game, I promise. <laughs> you haven't seen her in three years. When was one point I haven't played it's been a minute since I played Ryad, but yes, yeah. But yeah, I mean the ability to kind of assess the board situation, see if you want to do like a three straight and then or maybe they passed you, so now you want to do a 3K kind of thing. Same with the four straight. I mean, it's not red. So that's that's the important part. Yeah, being able to get, being able to do like a five, like, oh, I want to actually do a five straight and disengage, or, oh, no one's going to shoot me. Might as well just 5K. Here I am, focus evade. Especially if you can mix that with like advanced sensors to boost 5K, boost five straight. Gosh, that sounds so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> that's real expensive but hey if it, the meta calls for it it's, it's a good call yeah yeah i think it's only 89 points not too bad <laughs> um, i think sabine gets a lot better with the lower initiative kind of things because she has that pseudo supernatural uh jedi stuff where she can barrel roll or boost before she moves since she can equip a turret it's also like you could just sideswipe somebody yeah. Gosh, I always forget those things can equip turrets too. Well, the attack shuttle can, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I always forget that those that those attack shuttles can have. Put stealth device on it, dorsal, like <laughs> boost folk I mean boost evade into a focus every round, easy. <laughs> I mean also uh I don't think this is ever gonna happen, but Dallin Oberos and the Star Viper, he's got a wicked ability if he's moving last. Stability to pivot 90 degrees. Uh, I mean, again, he's a four, so that never really came into uh, its own. But if pilot skill goes low enough, his ability might actually be useful. That's any maneuver you can rotate. Yep. I mean, you gain a stress. So you're not getting an action, but also you can get basically just guarantee a shot on someone. You can even do that off a sloop. Some crazy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they also have the sensor slots, so you can advance sensors, which is probably what you'd be wanting to do with them. No, so you can just basically is? be wherever you want. You put advanced sensors on Dallin, you have the same price as Gary. Yeah, I mean, I didn't say it was going to be good. <laughs> I'm just saying you can. But any kind of those things with repositional abilities, even um, your normal generic Jedi Knights, you know, if everything's at three or lower, they're just as good as any other art dodging ship. Echo with the crazy bendy barrel roll shenanigans. Makes her super hard to pin down. I mean, she's been she's been seeing a lot of success. She's kind of she's kind of replaced Whisper as like the go to Phantom pilot now that Whisper is still playable but very expensive. For sure. I mean, also um, it doesn't really have to be ships, right? If everything's at a lower pilot pilot skill and you're Bosk and you have Greedo or something, which you see quite frequently. That's much better if uh, Bosk is shooting first. Yeah, Bosk does not like it when Darth Vader and Suntir and the Grand Inquisitor are all shooting Bosk before Bosk's in shoot. Or until everybody gets behind Bosk. Yeah. Well, you know, they have stops. 
you have other ships, right? <laughs> but no, like Greedo's pretty big to be able to shoot first. Um, you know, if you have like uh, Juke Defenders, Juke Phantoms, even if they're not, you know, Whisper. I saw someone on stream the other day um, playing a Juke Layton. <laughs> Did the uh, Juke go off at all? No. It went off. It just had no effect because you were shooting at people with a focus token. But the Adas Adas can also take Juke. Yeah. I mean, Juke, uh, the the, um, the E-Wings, they're at four. You know, they bring proton torpedoes or something. They're essentially their own alpha strike without even being that high of a initiative. So it's just it's just nice that uh, you can bring something like a generic and not have it get just destroyed off the board entirely before it has a chance to shoot and have some sort of impact on the game. The uh, next one I wanted to talk about is things that do auto damage. That's not bombs because that is a separate category that I want to talk about. But uh. You know, auto damage like concussion missiles, diamond boron missiles that do splash, um, auto blasters. You know, if you get a crit, no matter how well you roll, if you're not in the arc, you take it. You know, we're seeing dead man switch actually on a lot of other things. A lot of the bigger ships, maybe YVs and stuff, take them. And that just the more ships that are out there, the better dead man switch is. This generally, it should be like cheap auto damage because Vader is probably a little bit worse with more ships. Correct. Even though yeah. he's an auto damage. <laughs> yeah, it, it might be uh, kind of rough to run something with Vader in this kind of meta. Unless it's maybe on a Decimator and even then those can get burned down real fast if you're not doing it right. Yeah, there's just not really, you're not, you're not really seeing a whole lot of Decimators out there right now. Or tie reapers, really, unless it's in a Sloan swarm. Yeah, for and sure. Then the other thing he can go on is a lambda, which, as much as I love the space cow, it's probably my favorite large base ship in the game. Though that space cow just gets annihilated by focus fire, even with the reinforce. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're you're just seeing a lot more uh, like Tarani. You're seeing more and more out there in the wild. Tarani can do a lot of damage. Uh, you're seeing a fair amount of Fifth Brother still, you know, just the ability to add that crit. It's, yeah, it's, Fifth Brother's good against a lot of the field, not just aces or swarms, just the threat of a four-die homing missile or auto damage and a crit just makes a lot of things like go, e. The next trend that I would like to point out is that there is a noticeable increase in like spike damage and alpha strike damage, like alpha strike lists, I guess, not really damage uh, across the meta. I mean, we saw that with uh, you know wedge with the E wings. It's very strong alpha strike. Um, you know the proton rockets with their spike damage capabilities. Those really help out a lot of the more ships you have. Generally, the less you know goodies are on them they might be lower initiatives so they can't arc dodge as well so spike damage just really helps kind of take the guns off the table as quickly as you can and i've actually noticed that a while ago which is why i was i've been bringing advanced pro twops on my kylo as opposed to extreme maneuvers because extreme maneuvers would be really nice and a lower ship count you aren't really arc dodging with all the pilots. So I'd rather just be able to wipe off a ship. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of um, Alpha Strike enablers out there too with like the Dark One probe droids. Again, someone with a higher initiative having thread tracers. You can kind of neuter someone if you hit them with a mag pulse missile, especially if they have you locked and they have their own kind of torpedo or something geared up for you 
Just jam them and deplete them. Yeah, that's pretty good. I saved Kylo Ren's life one time with Major Von Reg firing a uh, mag pulse into a range one. Kylo was going to get range one ion cannoned, but the mag pulse went off and so saved, saved his life. That's the other thing. If uh, Alpha does see an uptick, you will likely see an uptick of mag pulse just to counter it. Oh, for sure. I mean, Matt, Matt is mag pulse my... Uh... Trend Ocean with Lando on there <laughs> got rid of my reinforce, and that was that was very sad. That's not what I needed. <laughs> yeah, just the ability to like strip tokens like that before other people shoot is super good. Yeah, strip tokens and then neuter their offense, which you know offense essentially wins you games. It's like, oh, you're rolling one less die. Sorry. Yeah, and we see. Um, like Bosk like Bosk's ability, if you get the crit off, you can you can start doing a lot of spike damage because now instead of one damage going to you, now it's two. And it's not a crit, but especially if they have shields or something, you just start chunking away a lot more, or you don't really need to put in the crit now. You need to two damage or something like that. And it works really well against like droids. Yeah, or too. even there's like a lot of the swarms we're seeing have like a excess amount of green dice. So being able to potentially get four hits in on green dice. You know, another pilot, not quite exactly in this category, but Torkel. You know, you essentially alpha strike something off the board by making it like an initiative zero. So that's a very strong threat removal. I mean, especially, I mean, we saw in the winning list they had Torkel and all these seeks and they're able to initiative kill something. Yeah. I mean, Torkoal, especially with a bunch of I ones, Torkoal works really well. Cause you know, you roll up with your droids or your other I ones. You're like, okay, I'm at least going to be able to fire back if I die. And Torkoal's like, nah, man, you're not. Yeah. I mean, that's, what was it? Five auto blasters coming into you. And then if you shoot at Torkoal, he still has Zam. So you might just get shot anyways. Shouldn't die from those. Yeah, pretty. And like, you know, we can go on like, you know, aces, aces hate Torkoal. Yeah, it's hard to arc dodge a moldy crow Torkoal. Yeah, that 180 degree arc just allowing you to, to wreak havoc. Especially if you don't really have a, a reason to stay in like a weird block formation or something. Yeah, and there's no need for those seeks to ever. They don't they don't need to be together. There's no Sarasu. They can go off and do their own thing and odds are someone's going to auto blaster somebody out of um arc yeah especially if they go against a turreted ship that's trying to just sideswipe everything and yeah torco's torco's just a really good zam carrier as well one thing anything that has a crew slot is just a really good zam carrier at this point she has four points and that is really cheap for what she's been doing just that you just the ability to get a lock is really good we saw that with um, Matt's buddy. He brought uh, Zam on Nomlum with like proton torpedoes. So pretty much anyone shooting at Nomlum, he can acquire a lock with Zam and just shoot the proton torpedoes, you know, when he can. So the question is, why would you shoot at Nomlum? Well, you know, maybe you're just really good with Zam and you choose the one that gets you the two charges back or you already have your charges you shoot anyways yeah i only want to shoot at a zam nomlom if i'm not in their front arc yeah i mean even then you're still going to get shot at because that's what nomlom does but at least it's not a proton torpedo yeah not a proton torpedo or ion cannon or whatever whatever toy they've put on nomlom i'm still 100 percent against shooting nomlom especially if they have dangar you can have Dengar and Zam on the same ship. It's real expensive with proton torpedoes, but it, it's, it's still pretty rough. So what, a nine health ship to agility, and you're just taking pain if you shoot at it? Yeah, you gotta be real good with that Zam, but it, it could pay off real well. Speaking of Zam, though, the next category, I think this is an incredibly strong category, and I think it shows a lot of how people are reacting is that they're bringing a lot of bonus attacks and also kind of like a lot more double modded attacks. 
but like especially with uh, the five foresight inquisitors right if you just throw enough dice at someone you're eventually going to do something especially if um you get that weird thing where foresight maybe they're at like it's still in your bullseye and you don't have a focus token you can still shoot with your foresight and still get the uh focus to a hit mod i mean it's the same as your gun right it's still two so a little sneaky bonus off of that. Does does foresight deny the range bonus? Yes, it does. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That. I mean, if you can pull it off, yeah, you might as well shoot a foresight foresight shot. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's an extra sneaky thing they can do, but that's a lot of. I mean, you got five, five ships they got to worry about. Then you can't be in anyone's bullseye. And then you're getting bonus round attacked. You know, I mean, also, you know, you get a lot more cluster missiles nowadays, as we were talking with the HMP ships. See a lot of cluster missiles and just to deal with multiple targets at once. You know, again, the Dark One probe droids and thread tracers allow you to get locks early. If you have these multiple shot ships, that helps a lot. I mean, you see snapshot a little bit more, I mean, especially... Especially on Tarani, but you see it on other ships. Just the, the ability to put out multiple attacks a turn. I mean, Zam crew and pilot herself. Yeah, you see a lot more nowadays. Yeah, snapshot like all like the, with those like bonus attacks. All it takes is for just like one to sneak in. That's all it takes, really. Just one one hit or crit to sneak in to really just change the game. Sometimes. Yeah, for sure, and you know. Um, We've also seen like Jostero in there a lot more, especially when there's bombs or something like Tarani or Dead Man Switch in your list. He does extra bonus attacks. He could do it, you know, every round if you're really good with Tarani. You know, Rebels have a lot of Jake and Dutch, as we've seen. Not really shooting multiple attacks, but they double modify attacks. You know, you get about half half alpha off of that and half kind of strong attacks. I mean, if you have consistent attacks and damage, you can do really well. Yeah, yeah, we've we've seen a ton of Jake and Dutch with friends, Jan, Wolfaro, other people. Both both solid pieces. Hey, Jake is probably the most popular rebel ship right now. One of them, just with his ability to just he's just such a team player. Yeah, I mean, um, you're not really seeing a lot of things like veteran turret gunner or veteran tail gunner, but they are also out there if you need them to do more multiple attacks. I mean, we saw that a lot with Y-Wings earlier on um, in second edition's life. We have seen some Biston out there, which is almost a veteran turret gunner. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> that dash... Dash uh, two tubes list got in there with that Biston. That's multiple attacks. I know you see a lot of Han with uh, Biston as well. Or you will, you can see it. That's true, why it's yeah. not just because our friend Josh runs it. <laughs> he got that from me. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that multiple attacks per round with multiple ships per round is a very effective way of taking care of higher ship counts, especially if it's like a lot of droids out there and they only have two agility and three hull. If you manage to attack two, you know, do one to each, you're still making a lot of progress. Or you'd be like, man, have two of your droids get just obliterated by a dash with piston. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why we have to bring that up, but, <laughs> but thank you. Everyone's had those experiences. And the last topic I would like to talk about for I think is the most effective way with dealing with uh, ships is bombs, bombs and mines. You're seeing a huge increase in the number of bombs that are being brought. You know, there's several specifically just bombing lists in the top cut, which I like because I think that's really cool. I like bombing things, but they are, uh, they're everywhere right now. Where are the K-Wings at? Soon, Matt. Give them Tragedy Simulator to be all over the place. No, no, we don't need that. Stop with your blasphemy, Koji. It's on a quick build card. 
you know, the bombs are going down and you saw the release of much cheaper bombs, right? You know, Connor Nets went down three points. Ion bombs are a thing. That's super good. Thermal detonators are very good. Yep. Electro proton bombs. Hey, even normal proton bombs went down. You're not seeing them um, right now for some reason. It's probably because you just get more effective use out of it generally with thermals. Or even concussion bombs. Yeah, I mean, you, you see those a little bit. A lot of like Wolfaro lists, but I mean, there's a, what that list was with seven uh, tie bombers with concussion bombs you can fit. Might have been six, but my math's a little bit off on those, but that was really, really dirty. I was going to say seven. Seven sounds like really nasty. I mean, I, I, did, I just got to remember. <laughs> it's probably six because seven is like a 29 point per thing cut off. Yeah, I'm going to go with six. I mean, six with concussion bombs and you can throw on like skill bombardier if you really want to really be annoying. Oh yeah, with that nimble with that nimble bomber uh, ship ability. Oh yeah, but I, I like bombs. I like ion bombs a lot. That controls other ships so well if they're ionized. I mean, the mines are good against aces, especially if you you know move before them, and then in the system phase, they're still behind you. Like slave one Bobo with. Proxy mines I always really liked a lot because you can kind of choose which way you're going to go and then be behind them and drop bombs. I mean, Death Rain is out there a lot, as we saw. Two actions on a bomb. <laughs> it's very good. He has so much health, he doesn't really care too much if he takes one of his own. Yeah, I mean, even if it's like a thermal, you still have a, a chance of not doing too much. They have a chance to miss, and strain's kind of negligible when you have one agility, really. You have a lot of access to a lot of different things with Death Rain. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then I see you have Nim and Soul Sixa, which were in, like like I talked about earlier, they were in two separate uh, top 16 lists. Kitted out differently, but the concept was the same. Nim and Soul are just essentially there to just bomb stuff into oblivion. And some of these, like, what were what, what, previous uh, mentions like Nim and Soul Six that work really well with Just Arrow. The bombs do activate his uh bonus attack. I think people are just bad at flying against bombs in general too. <laughs> yeah, like um, I mean I can't I can't I can't tell you half the time I've the times I've been like, oh I forgot you had that bomb. Well too late now. You have to say it is really hard to just like imagine something that's not there yet. So you have to imagine the one straight behind a ship or one bank or one hard in soul sixes case, not counting skill bombardier and the range one bubble around it. It's hard to just fully comprehend what it's capable of doing. Or if your opponent even going to drop it, if you like, if you know, you call their bluff and they don't do it, then you've, you know, you've put yourself in a position where, Oh, he didn't actually drop the bomb. I didn't need to do this maneuver. And now you're like in a worse position because you're trying to avoid the auto damage from bombs or other negative consequences. I feel like you have to play a lot slower when going against bombs and people just can't think about that. Like you can't rush up behind. Oh, you can't really flank them as much like you normally would because you're just going to get bombed. So you have to go slow with it. Yeah, I mean, I've played uh, against a lot of people who have bombs and you know, uh, if you're like a Jedi, like a CLT Jedi, there's you, you can't afford to take the if they are, if they or aren't they going to drop that bomb, you have to just disengage right there, and that really you lose a lot of momentum doing that. You know, we've talked about like the Adas, the Adas cannot afford to get bombed. Like generally, you only got three hull. Suntrafell can't afford to get bombed. My quad jumper can't afford to get ionized, right? It's not even like aces. It's just like I can't. No, because then you're ionized and you can't do the stuff you're meant to do. Like I can't have people. just taking a strain token off a thermal. No, it's just yeah, it's, they're they're really good right now. So I mean, especially just the the wide area they hit. You know, if there's droids or something, they're by a bunch of rocks, and you just blow up one of the rocks, you're hitting the majority of their list. And first order still doesn't have access to it. 
Poor Rush. <laughs> you know, the first thing whenever they get that, they're going to get that bomb. Someone's going to concussion Rush. And if they're doing it to uh, Wolfboro, another thing, all of these, like everything we've mentioned so far, is not only it's good against fewer ship counts too, like, but it's probably better against more ship counts, which is why we're seeing it more. But all these have utility against two, three ship lists, like bombs have the area denial. Uh, anytime you get bonus attacks against a two ship list, the two ship list is feeling sad. They definitely don't want to get alpha or anything else. So. Yeah, it's kind of a lot of the genius of these top cut lists is that they're very uh, toolboxy. They can go up against a lot of lists because we're seeing, you know, like Zam Django. You know, we're still seeing two ship lists. We're still seeing three ship builds, and a lot of these are still pretty good against them. But they also happen to be very good against four, five, six ship lists as well, and especially slash damage. You know, you said something about proton bombs not being around. I feel like if the TIE Swarm or Droid Swarms started coming back, you would probably see more proton bombs because they're really good against shieldless targets. Yeah, sure. I mean, I I just think people are flying thermal detonators because they're new and fun and have a, a high chance of doing something negative. But But I still think protons are very good. Especially, you know, Actus don't want to see a, a proton bomb. <laughs> nope, that Django Sunfog player does not. Sunfog does not want to see a proton bomb. Well, Sunfog doesn't want to see bombs at all. Yeah, that that list does not want to see a bombing list either. Just trajectory simulate something close to them. Here. But the area of control is silly. I still can't comprehend how it works. <laughs> yeah, it moves after you, but I I don't get it. It's got to be really, really good. That's all. I mean, I understand Django's doing a lot of the work, but like, you can't just solo a list with one ship. Is he though? Because like in a Django Zam list, Zam's the one doing all the work. Yeah, but in Django Sunfock, you can have Sunfock do all the work. I wish that's how it worked. <laughs> yeah, no, Sun Sunfock can't take on like Han Solo or Ketsu like by himself. It's just not going to happen. At least Katsu can't tractor Sunfuck. He can't move. Yeah. Can't move him, but he can be tractored, yeah. But anyways, you know, I think those were the biggest trends I've noticed in just people reacting to what they saw in the alpha qualifier parts and like Kyber and all that kind of stuff. Just whatever tournaments are going on, you see more and more kind of strong generic ships that can do you know the work as you know like a, a normal kind of ship i guess like those uh those e-wings with the proton torpedoes they are they can do work it just depends on uh making sure you're right for the meta uh, is there uh anything else you guys want to talk about or are any of us planning on flying in the hyperspace event this upcoming weekend? Probably should. I I yeah, I haven't decided. Hyperspace? Yeah, it's hyperspace. But it's kind of the thing for me. Like I just I'm not a fan of the all day sitting at the computer events. It just you know, it's not the same as going to the store, obviously. Hanging out with the boys, running outside, sneaking a beer in between rounds. Shotgun yeah, yeah, like you know, like like shooting the shit with your opponents throughout the day. Like that, I think that's my favorite part is like running into somebody you played round one or round two. Like, hey, how are you doing right now? Oh, you're doing really good. Keep it up. And like, you just don't really have that when you just voice chat with somebody and then you go on your way. Yeah, you lose a lot of that kind of community aspect in it. Yep. Well, hopefully, soon we can get back to playing in real life. So if okay, so if we are gonna play on Friday Saturday, which I haven't one hundred percent decided yet, like what are we thinking we're gonna fly in hyperspace? I'm just gonna fry my Republic list, the Latin three Delta Seven Jedi's. Yeah, yeah, pretty. I mean, it's a solid list. Obviously, at one Kyber. <laughs> so, I don't even have an idea. No, 
I gotta do Rosh Kylo Blackout. Mm, I could. I I legitimately have nothing. It's kind of how I feel. I kind of want to try like Warhog with a couple V wings and some arcs or something. I don't know. Something with a V wing in it, maybe. What I want to do is have a bomb, but I don't really see that many good hyperspace bombers. Yeah, not unless you're the separatist faction. Yeah, literally just them. Uh, FO's got nothing. I don't think Empire has the decimator that can drop a bomb. <laughs> yeah, you mean you're. You got strikers. Yeah, strikers can drop bombs, right? Yeah, but there's not like um, I don't think hyperspace is particularly geared towards a lot of bombing shenanigans. Nope. Anyways, I think uh, that'll do it for this episode. Um, thanks for listening to uh, to the show, everyone. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at thebestbenchwarmers at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitch and Twitter at MI Benchwarmers. We're also on Facebook. Facebook, the best in Benchwarmers. We have a page on Facebook as well. And uh, on a Discord now, actually, too. Yep. Which will be uh, linked in the Reddit post. So thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day.